One, two, three. Harold and Brad. Windy City Filmmakers. Harold and Brad. Windy City Filmmakers. Harold and Brad. Three, two, one. What's going on, y'all? Brad Stevens in the house. Welcome to another edition of the Harold and Brad Winnie City Filmmakers Film Podcast. Hey, Steve, what's going on, brother? What's going on? This is a great day to be alive, brother. Yeah, yeah we got a special guest in the house. Carl Seaton's in the house. What's going on, man? What's up, brothers? How y'all doing, man? <laughs> Can't complain. Good to have you on the show, man. Great to be here, man. Great to be. I mean, it's a lot of history here between three cats. So uh, no doubt. Yeah. Very special to me, man. I'm honored to even be invited to, to do this with y'all, man. So I, I was definitely excited when you asked me. I was like, of course, bro. Yeah, let's do it. So, <laughs> yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, man. So, you know, one of the first questions we always like to ask people is, what is your connection to Chicago and what type of art do you create? Oof. I mean, my, my connection to Chicago, I'm from the Hunnets. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> you know, I'm, I was born, and it's funny because people ask, like, were you from the suburbs? Were you from the outskirts? Like, right. no, nah, I grew up in the city. You right. know what I'm saying? And play, I was in high school. I grew up there, born there, grew up there, shot my first films there, went to film school at Columbia College in Chicago. So right. Chicago is a huge part of who I am and my voice. You know what I'm saying? And witnessing... The, you know, know, knowing about the 68 riots in Chicago, the political unrest, the, the organization of the gangs in the 70s. Anything we don't earn, we're not taking anybody from anything. Uh, the, the political unrest in the 80s when we announced our first black mayor have all been instrumental in me being a storyteller. And I carry that with me as a storyteller. And that fuels that into my filmmaking as well. So, no doubt. yeah, man. And everywhere I go, you know, here's the thing about Chicago. And this is universal. Chicago is a very blue-collar, work ethic, work ethically work-driven town. And that mentality and that ideology, I see in Chicagoans all over the country. You know what I'm saying? I can be in Atlanta. I can be in LA, New York, New Orleans. I can be in Canada. Chicagoans have that grit, that that wherewithal to go get it done. We pull up our sleeves and say, let's get it, let's get it done, let's get to it. So no doubt, no doubt. That's the universal thing. So yeah, I hope that answers your question in a nutshell. But yeah, man, that is uh all through my veins. I'm proud of it and I never forget. Though I, I know I've been gone for a minute, but no, you'll never hear me say I'm from LA ever. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about the beginning. Um, let's go all the way back to Columbia College. And then, you know, uh, us being noobs, I've seen you around uh, campuses and different places over the years. But then I remember being at a club back in like 1994, 95, downtown, and you and Kenny were together. And I was like, noobs. What do y'all do? Because I was selling cars at the time, if you remember, yeah. Lozy Edelson. <laughs> and uh, you said, Noop, we're filmmakers. I was like, what? <laughs> what? Because at that moment, you know, things that happened in my life, and I was thinking about it, 1995. And when you said that, I, I don't know if you were still at Columbia or just finishing up or whatever. And so I kept up with you that whole time. And then beyond that, uh, 
the acting troupe in 1998, February 1998. Yeah. So, so talk about uh, those times, 1995, getting off into uh, the art and school and all of that. Stuff. Actually, I got to go back a little earlier. I got to go back to 89. I saw the movie Do the Right Thing at the Plaza. No doubt. It came, I saw my sister, my cousin, came out of the theater and was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I don't know what, I don't know the difference between a producer and a director. I got to figure all that out. But this guy, Spike Lee, this is what I want to do. So I started to educate myself and say, I'm going to go to film school. So I went to, I just graduated from high school at the time. I was going down to Southern Illinois University and got into their film program. But I didn't, I mean, you have to take a general edge course in your first two years. So I didn't get into the film program until my third year. And in my third year is when I realized their programs are primarily based in theory and, and, and experimental film. That's not what I wanted to do. And I was like, nah, it's not, it's not gonna work for me. Simultaneously, my sans, Kenny Young, who played at the same time as me at a different school, was already at Columbia in the theater department. And he was like, yo, man, you should come check out Columbia. So during our, our semester break, because we were on a semester break and Columbia was on uh, quarters, the campus was still open, so I went down there, just kind of walked around campus. That's how you know how long ago it was. Security didn't stop you. They were just like, you know, <laughs> I'm walking around campus. I'm asking people random questions. I saw a brother just started asking questions about the school in, in, in totality and then the film program. And man, I think I, I talked to maybe four or five people that day about the program and didn't tell them what I was asking for, just asked them questions. I mean, they sold me on that school so fast. I said, I'm in the wrong school. I'm transferring right now. <laughs> By that fall, I was at Columbia. And that kind of, being at Columbia, which was a very hands-on school in terms of practical filmmaking, exposed me to like, oh, this is it. You know what I'm saying? I'm working with cameras. I'm shooting films. I'm editing these, cam these films. And I'm seeing my work put together. And they were crappy movies, but... The fact that you're actually doing it and you're being exposed to the craft of filmmaking. I was like, oh, there's a craft, there's a method to this. Right. When you're watching the film and it's unraveling, you don't really think about all of the work and the creativity and the ideas that are spooled together to create this, this piece. And school kind of exposed me to that. And it gave me the wherewithal to keep learning and keep educating myself. So graduated 90, March of 94, came out, me and Ken started writing together, did a short film. And in this film, we produced ourselves, we funded it ourselves and everything like that. That was the baptism of fire because everything that could have possibly gone wrong went wrong. <laughs> right. But what it showed us was reignited or just it, it, it magnified the fire to be a filmmaker. So when we ran up on you, I think we were at Dej Waz, as a matter of fact, because I remember that. When yeah. I started Dej Waz, you're like, yeah, I'm working so jealous because you gave us a car. We was like, you're working so jealous <laughs> and I was like, I can't afford no car right now, but this is this is cool. He said, what do y'all do? I'm like, we filmmakers, man. And I remember that conversation because I remember reading in, 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 in various books from various filmmakers, they're like, own what you want to be. You know what I'm saying? So even if, and, and all we had was that short film under our belt, but we was like, damn it, we filmmakers because we've done a film. That's right. It's not going to be our last, but we done one. That's right. So we right. keep building from there. Right, so right, right. So you asked me that, that was us stepping into claiming that title, you know, especially in Chicago, Captain in the 90s, like, you doing what? Right, right, right. <laughs> real? And, 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 and keeping it 100 with you, man, we would get clowned by people. People clown us all the time. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'll say this. The, 
And this is why I love the Noobs so much in the city because the Noobs gave us so much undying support. All the Noobs were like, yo, keep doing that, Noob. Y'all can do that. Right, right, right. Man, go ahead, go for it. Keep going, which is really cool and needed because like I said, you know, we're in the city, we're in a blue collar town that's really rooted in reality where people don't really have time for dreams. And, and people kill dreams just out of necessity. No doubt, no doubt. So you, you learn to understand that and you learn to look at it like, okay, this is this, this is the reality of this world. Where people are like, I don't have time to dream. I gotta survive, I gotta provide, I have to feed, clothe, and shelter myself and others. So a dream is not even on the background, it just doesn't exist. So when you're in that environment, you really have to protect your dream. And you surround right. yourself by other dreamers and like-minded individuals, you know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, to answer your question, and I know I, I went way left, but that's yeah. all good. It's all yeah. good. That's where it all stemmed from, man. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of protecting the dream. And another way to protect the dream was proclaiming, like, this is who I am, this is what I do. Because years ago, man, still in film school, when Ken and I first started writing, man, we made a proclamation. We made a pledge to each other, like, this is what we're going to do for the rest of our lives, or we're going to walk the earth. No doubt. No doubt. I love it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, we still at it. You know what I'm saying? We still going. So that, this became we we made this our reality. Now we had we definitely had side jobs. We had we had jobs. Right. We definitely had detours and things of that nature. But the thematic thread under all that and our foundation was this is our purpose. This is what we're called to do. Oh my yep. God. Hey, you know, right around the time of the acting troupe. And so Kenny directed me towards ETA because I started doing extra work early night. 1997. And I mm -hmm. says, I, I saw him at the uh, uh, Kappa picnic over at Jackson Park in 97 this summer. I was going to the golf course because I got some cool. Yeah, I'm up smart. Yes, <laughs> yeah. and I, I saw the noobs. I was like, noobs got a picnic? And right. I pulled over. I was in a Cadillac at the time, right? So I pulled over, jumped out, and I saw Kenny. I was like, Kenny, I'm, you might have been out there, but I remember saying, man, I want to do more. He says, well, why don't you take a class? Yeah. I says, yeah, where? He said, ETA is over here. Me and Carl went over to ETA over here, you know, with a coral. Go sit in and check it out. It was right around that time. I had 300 bucks in my pocket. It was August. And I went and sat in on that first class. And I was like, oh, my God. After that class was over, I said, I am going to do this the rest of my life. It was a classic class, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that after that first class, and here I am, twenty through twenty three years later, still at it, walking yeah. the earth. Shout out. I remember y'all saying that. I remember y'all saying that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, we, and we had to. You know, you got to check in and remind yourself of it too, because sometimes you get teased with different opportunities. Right. You take you off that path. You like, you know what? I can do that, but it's not gonna get me here. And I always got. And, and man, it's easy. It's easy to forget about here when things are being, them carrots are being dangled in your face, like this new job or a new car, new 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 digs, a new crib and so forth. Because you want to have a great lifestyle, but because there was a lot of sacrifice that went in with that. You know what I'm saying? No a lot of compromise and sacrifice you make to pursue that passion. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. I love you say that, like uh, following your dreams. Because for some people that sounds corny, but it's really true. You got to follow your dreams. And for me, when I saw She's Got to Have It by Spike Lee, you know, and then at the end, and they and they were like doing the characters, and he said Spike Lee. I said he directed this film, and it was something about C because he looked so he was young, be like he was in high school, like I was at the time. And it was something to your point about seeing somebody who looks like you who directed the film that made it seem, hey, that's actually pot. You could actually do that. You know what I'm saying? That was really inspiring. So how important 
is writing in terms of being a director to you? How important is being able to write and direct in terms of direct being a, a storyteller? Well, well, going back to Spike Lee, man. So not only did Spike, which was so dope, not only did he just, not only did he make his film, like his first five films, he'd make the film, right. then he'd write a book talking about the making of the film. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, yeah. Mystify the process. And I'm like, right. oh shit, this is gold. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so he was just iconic in that regard, man. And what he said in one of, in one of his first book, he's got to have it. He said, writing creates jobs. No doubt. That's one thing I stayed that stayed with me once I got out of film school. Like, okay, no one's gonna hire me to direct anything come out of film school with a film degree. You know what I'm right. saying? So I, I gotta hire myself first and foremost. You know what I'm saying? And so to get back to your question, writing is integral because number one, it creates jobs. And number two, it is the foundation in terms of filmmaking, it's the foundation of storytelling. You know what I'm saying? You build on the story from the screenplay. Right. And knowing how to write helps you understand story. So a writer, an actor, a cinematographer, a director, we are all storytellers. No doubt. We all play different roles in telling a story. So the more well-versed you are in storytelling, the better stories you can tell. So writing strengthens your skill set in telling stories. Writing is integral, man. It's, it's, it's imperative. And learning, learning how to write and learning structure and character arcs infuses your directing because it infuses the acting. I can talk to an actor about intention, yeah. and arc, and like, you wanna hold off on this information because in three scenes, we're gonna reveal this. You don't know this yet, so we can have these type of conversations. That's all storytelling. And that's, right. all, that's all craftsmanship, man. That's the main thing that I really got from studying people like Spike and Robert Rodriguez and De Palma and Spielberg. There's a craft to all of this. If you no respect craft and educate yourself, on the craft, you will improve as a filmmaker. Right. Writing is definitely the foundation everything is built upon because you can't shoot a film without a script. I mean, people have shot films without scripts. I, pre I prefer to shoot a film with a script. <laughs> no question. What about now, there are some shitty scripts out here? You can shoot a, you can end up shooting a film based on a shitty script. That has happened. So, you know, that's a whole other conversation. Right, but, right, right. What, right. what about storyboard? Do you still use those at all? In certain sequences, yes. Yeah. If I have an elaborate sequence, uh, storyboards will be used. But for the most part, shot list and just kind of do overhead maps and things of that nature. But if it's an intricate sequence, I will storyboard. For TV, you, uh, you do, do storyboard for TV too? Yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah, most of my films were all of a lower budget. No doubt. So there was no, I mean, most, they were, I didn't have time or days for intricate <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So right. uh, once I started getting into episodic television and dealing with more intricate, you know, set pieces and, and things of that nature, storyboards started coming like, you know, uh, fires and, and, and bus flips and chase sequences. And I was watching Snowfall. I was sitting up in the, live, in, the, in, the, in the room at night watching Snowfall. You know, I watched every episode, blah, blah, blah. And it was just one episode. I think it was like episode 10 last season, whatever, whatever. And uh, the one that you had done. I did eight. 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 Yeah. I'm sitting there watching this episode, watching, and it was intent and it was intense. And then as it got to that end, the kitchen scene, I was like, is he, isn't he, is he, isn't he, is he, is he? 
Boom! I was like, oh my God! And then, so then I was like, let me look at the credits. And then, boom! There were you were. There you were, right there in the credits. I was like, Carl directed this! I sent you a text right there, like, oh my God. Yes, you did. Yeah, man. Amazing, amazing. So, were you were you nominated for that episode? Yeah, I was, in, I was nominated for an Image Award. Image and, Award. Uh, yeah. yeah, an NAACP Image Award. I lost to 50 Cent, which I was like, <laughs> but it's all good. <laughs> all right, no doubt. <laughs> no, I was happy to be. I mean, look, people I was nominated. I was nominated with Ava DuVernay and Debbie right. Apple. You know what I'm saying? Fifty and uh, but yeah, like I, said, I, I was just happy to be. I, I was just happy to be nominated, man. And I didn't go in with the intention of I'm gonna get a nomination for this. I just go in to do the work. You know what I'm saying? And, and try to put my best foot forward. And and just any opportunity I get to direct, man, I want to do my very best. You know what I'm no saying? No question. Like, right. 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 Thanks for listening to the Harold and Brad podcast. We appreciate it big time. If you actually want to see, see episodes, check us out on YouTube. The Harold and Brad podcast. Peace.